0: Another year, another slow start. The Bengals dropped to 0-1 in what might have been Joe Burrow's worst game as a pro. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, a tough season opener for the Cincinnati Bengals, but we've got you covered anyway. I'm Jake Lisco. He's James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your team every day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. And you can subscribe to the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast to become part of that first listen club. Those of you who make us your first listen every day. Becoming everyday or those of you who don't miss an episode. We appreciate all of you very much. We also appreciate those of you who are patient with us, the subtext subscribers who were patient through that subtext outage that we had late last week around the Joe Burrow signing. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NFL. Terms and conditions apply. Brutal game for the Cincinnati Bengals to open the season in Cleveland. Brutal game for Joe Burrow. Brutal game for these wide receivers. And we'll see on tape, but I have a feeling I might be saying the same thing about this offensive line as well once we've had a chance to look at that.
1: Awful. You're right. Awful, brutal, uh, ugly. You could describe it in a bunch of different ways. This Bengals offense was just outmatched, outclassed we could talk about preseason or calf injuries or reps or come on. Like it it should never be like that. Like it was today where Joe Burrow is 14 of 31. I mean, to me, you might be able to put Jesus on the field and he can complete more than 14 balls uh, of, of 31 attempts. I'm, I'm serious. Like that's what, that's how I expect Joe Burrow to play. Right. Like that level. And he was just nowhere near that. And it's kind of wild because the score twenty four to three at the end. They were in this game. Like if, if the offense had just woken up at some point, mm-hmm. they could have been in it. Even when it was sixteen to three, it's like all right, go get a touchdown and put a little pressure on the Browns defense or Browns offense to do something else. And they just they didn't have it. And, and there are some games when you don't have it. I think the narrative about preseason is going to to get uh, even bigger now. Here's the thing though: is Burrow was hurt. And you could play everyone else without Burrow, but you saw that firsthand in training camp, what that was like. Is it worth it doing in a real game? I still don't really question that part of it. What I do wonder now, and, and, and the part of this that I do buy into a bit, Jake, I think they're just an awful matchup. And by an awful matchup, I mean the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are an awful matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it might it might be a thing. I've been in denial that it's a thing because it doesn't really make sense to me on one hand, because the Bengals have more talent. On the other, it's been a trend. Zach Taylor's the first Bengals coach ever to start 0-5 in Cleveland. Hmm. That's wild. Joe Burrow, 1-5 against the Browns. At some point, it's a thing, and I think it's officially a thing.
0: Yeah, the matchup in Cleveland is particularly bad, and here's why. When your team revolves around Miles Garrett, who's by far the best player on the Browns, and they have other good players it's not a slight at them but miles garrett is a freak and miles garrett gets the tee off because you have crowd noise and the bengal's offense is on a silent count and there's only so much you can do in a silent count situation to get a defense off balance to make them not pin their ears back that's going to make things worse and exacerbating that this year Is the addition of Ogwa Okarankwa, who had a sack, which was caused by Miles Garrett, of course, and Zedaria Smith, who had numerous hits on Joe Burrow in this game. First play of the game. First first play from scrimmage. And and that was. Hits Burrow. And that was not on Jonah Williams, for anybody wondering. Jonah Williams was not supposed to block him, but that's not absolving Jonah Williams in this game. He was responsible, at least mostly, for the Miles Garrett sack on the fourth down late in the game. So. Know all these things that we can talk about, but on top of all those things, James, which is why I think it's a a unique advantage for Cleveland when the Bengals have to play them in Cleveland, which is a great atmosphere, and they play them in these you know season opener and primetime games all the time. Uh, when Joe Burrow is a quarterback, anyway, if and Jim Schwartz wants to do this, and he did it today, if they can go man outside and say, we're going to put our corners and safeties in one-on-ones against your stud wide receivers, and you're going to go 0 for 8 on target T. Higgins? Well, good luck, Cincinnati Bengals. In those situations, and that's what the Browns did. Like, that's how the Bengals want to play offense. What do we say coming into this game? Jim Schwartz plays man. You feel good about that. You don't want to do that to Joe Burrow. They played man. The Bengals didn't win those one-on-ones outside. Mm-hmm. And, and the greatest example of that is the ball where Grant Delpit, who's a safety, is manned up one-on-one with T. Higgins, and he's face-guarding him, but makes a great play to time, getting his hand between T's hands at the catch point and gets a pass breakup. Mm-hmm. And and there's a, a number of plays similar to that where, you know, it's corners. Martin Emerson shut down his side of the field almost entirely in this game for the Browns. So when you have those two ingredients, and you have a team that can actually play man against the Bengals receivers and win, that, that is a hard formula for this team to beat if they can't block. And that is especially hard to do on the road against this team. Well,
1: there shouldn't be I, – I, I made the, the Jesus reference. I'll do it – he shouldn't be able to guard Jamar Chase one-on-one. And I'm not trying to be – you get my point here. And so it shouldn't have happened. If you would have told me that, you're right. I would have been like, oh, well, that's – it's barbecue chicken and they're going to eat. And I still think they should against anybody – if it's one on one, and yet you're right, like, it, and it was a mixture of things because it goes back to Burrow. Like, I, I don't think the receivers were good today, but Burrow was off. Even, even like his good throws in today's game, Burrow was off. And why was he off? Was it the rain? Was it uh, the calf? Was it lack of preseason snaps? Was it just lack of reps with T and Jamal? I don't know. But he was off. What, was it because it's an awful matchup? He can't be off like that anymore. I mean, it was. No. This was as bad as I've seen him because it wasn't like – I don't think he was confused. I don't think they did anything that he was shocked by. He wasn't tricked into an interception. It it wasn't like he was just getting crushed where he was sacked eight times and and was seeing ghosts. Like None of that. And we've seen that throughout his tenure with the Bengals. He was just off. And I think that all of it probably played a role from the matchup to the elements, to lack of preseason slash training camp reps, all of it. But it was the perfect storm and it snowballed quickly. And so that's where I go back to is as much as it is, I think, a receivers situation or issue as well. I mean, their longest play with passing play was 12 yards. Like yeah. what what is the, that? Was, what do they what are they throwing to me? Like what I just what, what's going on here? I mean, it Tyler Boyd, two catches. Like, let's just say you can take Jamar Chase and T. Higgins out of the game. Well then Boyd, Irv Smith, like
0: nobody. There was no one. It felt it felt awful. Yeah. It was all I mean, and that twelve yard catch was a catch and run. That was a that was a schemed up. We're gonna get Jamar in the flat. We're gonna have a wide receiver bunch over there, and Jamar's gonna take Oh it after no, the it-
1: catch. It, it was it was the sideline, wasn't it? It was the sideline where he got cracked
0: in the back. That was a three-yard catch, wasn't that? It was about than, no, it was place? more than three. It was downfield. Out, I thought that was a flat where he reached the ball ma, ma,
1: No, no, no. The the one where he caught it on the sideline and the safety. I think it was Delpit. Just crushed him in his back, but he still held on. It was for a first mm-hmm. down. It might have been 11 yards. We might be splitting hairs here. Sir. One was 11, yeah. one was 12. The Regardless, point is
0: that can't be your longest play. Right, you got to be able to push the ball down the field when you have nothing. Like you had a couple targets deep, they got one DPI. You had one that would have been a very very difficult ch- catch for Jamar Chase. Go through his hands. That would have been, like I said, very hard. Jumping on the sideline, got to get your toes down. That would have been a hard catch. You had multiple passes broken up, targeted for T Higgins. You can't have those days. And and what's rough about this game is you're right. It wasn't like mental stuff for Joe. It was. It seemed physical. Whether it was the rain which seemed to be a significant issue the accuracy just wasn't there it's not. and was it preseason is it the matchup is it rain is it the coaching staff is it what is it why why do we keep seeing these slow starts for this team there's more to talk about there and we should talk about the defense as well because they weren't all bad in this game but the focus rightly on the offense here to start we'll continue the conversation on that note coming up next These days, every new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You wanna be 100% certain that you have access to the best candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They have simple tools. We've told you about this before. Screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills for the job that you need filled. And just the right experience, you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Today's show is also brought to you by Pierce Dental Group. We are so excited to welcome the Pierce Dental Group as a sponsor here on Locked On Bengals. They are local, they have two locations in downtown Cincinnati and in northern Kentucky. They are the premier dental group in the area in the area. They provide world-class experience for creating confident smiles. You want to be confident, you want to have a gorgeous smile, Pierce Dental Group can help you do just that. Their downtown location was established in 1942. They're the highest rated dentist in the area with over 1300 five-star Google reviews and they provide a wide range of services including cosmetics, dental implants, Invisalign, routine care, and they offer flexible payment options and provide and pride themselves, excuse me, on maximizing your dental insurance you got to get to Pierce Dental Group right now. You can visit them online right now at piercedentalgroup.com, P-E-A-R-C-E, dentalgroup.com, or search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook. Again, that's piercedentalgroup.com.
0: Let's stay on this offense for a minute, James. What do you – so I guess I should preface this with the, the overwhelming feedback that I have seen from fans is play calling was bad, They needed to play the starters in the preseason. More than a handful of people have said Joe Burrow needed to play in the preseason, which we don't need to talk about. He was hurt. He could not have played in the preseason. Yeah. You appeared to still be bothered by that leg injury today. Uh, Criticism about the offensive scheme. What are you attributing these continued slow starts to? Because no matter how bad the matchup is, 14 for 31 for 82 yards is an insane stat line for joe burrow we've seen him in bad matchups we've seen him have tough games against good defenses we've not seen him have that little offensive output i thought his floor in today's game like let's just
1: say you told me they lose 24-3 burrow struggles all of those things like everything i I would say oh well so 14 of 31 for buck 65 like you just would never imagine 82 yards 14 completions. His his best play of the day was probably the, the pass interference that he had with Chase that helped set up that, that field goal on their first possession of the third quarter. Like, just awful. So what would I attribute it to? I think it was the perfect storm. I, I can't say it's one thing. If I had to rank, I would say lack of reps combined with the rain element. Like, there was going to be an element to Burrow's game already. Game one... You missed five weeks during Mm -hmm. training camp. Throw preseason out of it. Just the five weeks during training camp. I think back to what he said on July 26th when he said, oh, man, I can't wait to take advantage of every single one of these reps in training camp. Well, he didn't get those reps. And clearly he values them. Guess who else does? Every star quarterback in the league. From Tom Brady when he was in the league, Peyton Manning, now a guy like Joe Burrow. So lesson one, those reps did matter a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: lesson two the elements when the Bengals do practice in the rain and they did by the way in camp but it was during a, a, a practice when Burrow was already out this is why you want to be comfortable in the rain comfortable in the elements so don't don't question that moving forward and and, and the other point is I, I really do I think this is a bad matchup so if I had to rank him I think it would be there but it it, it goes back to I think he was ready to go He has looked good in practice by all accounts. And I I just think that when you go on the road and you have a a thin margin for error anyway, like I thought it was going to be a close game. But then the element factor comes in. And then clearly he's not on the same page as T. Higgins on multiple plays. Like it just, it it really snowballed quickly. And it oddly happens against this Browns team where it snowballs quick. I have no doubt that they're going to be fine. They're a really talented team. But it snowballed quick, and you look at that score, and it's like, my God, they just always get blown out by Cleveland. Certainly here in Cleveland,
0: it goes one way early, and then when the offense can't get it going early, when they had the opportunities, you go into halftime, and it's three to zero. Was it three to zero at halftime? No, it was ten to zero at halftime. It was they ten to zero touchdown. Yeah, you get late in the first half, I guess, and it's three to zero. You go score a touchdown there, the game's different. You you do literally anything on offense in the first half. And Cleveland doesn't get to run the game script the way they want to run the game script for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and they just didn't. And that does get away with them. I agree with you on one significant point. The reps in the preseason for Joe Burrow do matter. I think that. In camp. In camp. Sorry. In camp. In and I was, I was referring to that as part of the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that is crucial for him. We've seen this now a few years now. He's a very good player. But when you see him not on the same page with those receivers, that's a very clear indicator that he could have used that time just to not have those miscommunications happen because it wasn't just inaccuracy at times. It wasn't just the receivers not winning. It was also multiple miscommunications. There were pre-snap penalties. I'm sure it's going to drive Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan crazy. They had three pre-snap penalties as well. Mm -hmm. Those reps matter. We need to stop. Propping up Joe Burrow as some sort of God who can go win and play really well without reps because he's a very, very good player, but he has not shown us that ability. And and we've kind of talked ourselves into it, I think, for a couple of years here in a row. The other thing that I think is very interesting is a, a whole play in preseason argument. Very mixed bag of success here, right? The Kansas City Chiefs played their starters in the preseason. Yeah. And they lost. Pittsburgh Steelers played their starters in the preseason and looked great. I mean, you listen to Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, not that any of our listeners would, but you listen to the national media, too. They're ready to say, oh, man, Pittsburgh, they're a real contender this year. And the 49ers, to be fair, are a true contender this year in the NFC, and they won 30-7 to on the road in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had no shot. They looked terrible. So would I play the Bengals starters in the preseason for a drive or two if they're healthy? Yeah. I think I would. And maybe we differ there, James, but I'm not convinced that, you know, people say people are saying I have multiple people tell me, you know, there's a trend here. If they don't play in the preseason, they start poorly. Well, we've never seen them play in the preseason. So we don't know if that would make a difference anyway. And you can see around the league for some teams, it doesn't necessarily do that. And yeah, so I'm not sure how much of a difference that makes. I think if joe burrow is healthy next year you you should probably try to get him some preseason snaps just because but i'm not convinced that that is like the deciding factor in these slow starts yeah i i
1: actually i wonder this and i didn't ask joe this and i probably should have the past 72 hours have been a freaking whirlwind yeah that's a lot (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot to do he did the news conference on on saturday right before leaving for cleveland it would have been nice to have that handled two weeks ago. And I'm not saying – I'm not blaming the Bengals, by the way. Things take time, and it could have been a thousand different reasons why. But, like, that's tough too. Like, that that part of it, that like, mentally is tough, and I get it. He stayed locked in and celebrated for five minutes and uh, still got to sign the deal and go through all that and do media again. And it just – it makes the week a little different. That is not why, to be clear, he went 14 of 31. And I'm not saying that, but I do think it is something – that changed this week up, made this week a bit unique, a little different, and they have to respond. That said, we should talk about the defense in other notes, thoughts. The Bengals' Mm -hmm. offense was awful, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more thoughts on them throughout the week, but let's, let's get to the defense, and let's get to maybe some special teams and other thoughts as well. But before we do that, Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is here. They're America's number one sports book. And guess what? They are here for you with NFL football back. The NFL season brings incredible offers from FanDuel. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's $200 with just five bucks. And all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Again, FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: I do want to get to the defense here, James, because there were some bright spots there. Last thought on the offensive side of the ball. The way this offense is designed, the, the last criticism that, that I saw a lot of was they don't scheme receivers open. They they you know, and you watch the Browns, you know, the play action boot game that they have, and you know, they didn't run the ball enough. This is who the offense is. This is how they've thrived, this is how they've made it deep into playoff runs. So it's it's a difficult thing for me to kind of evaluate. Yes, it would be great if you could scheme receivers open a little bit more often, but also you have what you think are the best receivers in the league and you're getting man coverage. So it's hard for me to fault them too much for expecting their guys to go win against man coverage because they've been beating it for their entire careers. Mm -hmm. And and that's just what the offense is. The problem with that offense is, is when your quarterback isn't playing well or is playing poorly, you have no shot in hell. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened in this game. Let's go to the defense, James. I thought that there were some nice things on the defensive side of the ball. There were some issues. It wasn't perfect, but they gave up just 24 points. Most of those coming on short fields. One touchdown coming on a short field after Zach Taylor finally opted to go for it on fourth and four in his own territory. Did not think Zach Taylor's fourth down decision making today was great, by the way, James, uh, as a side note. Should have went. It was fourth and three, by the way. In the fourth fourth
1: quarter? Oh no, no, sorry. The one he didn't go for, fourth and three at the thirty eight and a half. Yes. Go. That's every a time go.
0: That's a no-brainer. Don't understand that one at all. Um, it sounds but, like
1: it was either it was either kick, the field goal, or punt. <laughs> like going for it was third, which I don't get. I agree.
0: I mean, the amount of third and ones and fourth and one punts or kicks in this game is frustratingly high. It's at least six. Um and when you're a yard short and kicking every time, that's brutal. Anyway, defense, saw some good things. Saw uh, Zach, uh, some some role players, some rotational guys take some steps. Zach mm-hmm. Carter, I thought, played well, had a big part, was instrumental, in fact, in that Dax Hill interception. Drew a hold, got up, pursued the play anyway, got his hand on the pass, tipped it, deflects right to, to Dax Hill. Great play for, for Zach Carter there. I saw him getting some good push other times, both in the run game and the pass game. I thought DJ Reader played another good game against the run, as as we're used to seeing with him. But uh, Camp Sample, obviously, the other rotational piece I wanted to shout out for taking a step. Also saw DJ Turner make a play. But the starters, you know, Cam Taylor-Britt, I thought, played well. Mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson, eight. Well, I, I talked about that matchup. like that matchup with Jedrick Wills in this game. And I thought Trey Hendrickson was really good as a pass rusher uh, for for a lot of this game, made some plays that could have changed the game if the offense was ready to do anything. So the defensive side of the ball ends up looking a little bit ugly because things get away from them in the fourth quarter. The rushing yards start to accumulate. The biggest concern for me coming out of this game is a QB run game. It was not something the Bengals handled well with Deshaun Watson a week ahead of the Lamar Jackson matchup, but outside Mm -hmm. of that, yeah Nick Chubb had his he he had a few nice runs the Browns had some nice runs in the fourth quarter but I thought that there was a lot to like from this defense in this game
1: yeah Jermaine Pratt is someone that that stood out to me ended up leading the team in tackles with 11 had a sack which I love that call from Lou I mean you bring 55 and 57 the delayed blitz Logan Logan was delayed yeah yeah it's exactly what happened and the running back had to choose, and, and Jermaine Pratt was able to get him. And so, yeah, I thought he played well, obviously forced the fumble. Chidobe Bailouzie was on a snap count, mm. and that led to D.J. Turner getting some some run. I thought he played well, yep. had a nice tack on Elijah Moore to force a punt on third and – I think it was third and ten. It was like a five-yard out, and Browns are hoping that, uh, that he can break a tackle there. So, nice play. I, I'm thinking – uh, who else stood out to me? There was there was one or two more when you were you were talking that stood out. Maybe it was just Pratt. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just the linebackers making trash out them out. Um, oh, no, Dax. I thought Dax, Dax was good. Yeah. Yeah, Dax was good today. It had a couple tackles for loss, six tackles total, obviously the interception. And that's where – that's the point. That's the freaking point in the game. The defense has gotten you two turnovers now. You win the turnover battle, by the way, which is insane. They won the turnover battle. 2-0. Dude, <laughs> I, I have no idea. So it's 10-3. to three. Pick, 20-yard return. Like this is it. This is the time. And if you score a touchdown there, the whole game just feels different. And they usually do when they start slow. They usually snap out of it. That's one thing that I, I you know, praise this team for. And it just didn't happen. Look, the defense was on the field too long, time of possession. They were put in some crappy situations in the first half, too, and they responded the right way, just field uh, Mm position-wise. And uh, speaking of that, so the defense deserves a ton of credit. Shocker that Luana Rumo's defense was ready to go. Uh, Brad Robbins, sort of of a mixed bag. Now, he did have that 154-yard boot that was really nice, but uh, the touchback on the, the fourth and three that we both would have went for that's painful if it if it gets down at the one then you can kind of be like oh well zach might have been right about it. it didn't so you you gained 18 yards by by punting which is just brutal it's we'll see really tough elements i will say for brad in in his nfl debut not saying that he he shouldn't have have been better but uh yeah that that was uh it was a mixed bag for him in his first game
0: yeah, two nice punts. And, and I don't know how to say his name. Corey Bayorcas was a bit of a mixed bag for Cleveland as well.
1: It's definitely a mixed bag.
0: Um but for for a drafted punter was hoping for more than 40.9 yards per punt. And I know that you know one of those we just talked about was was tight to to the to the end zone, but only had two down inside the 20 in the game. Having a touchback is, you know, not only on him. The, the the gunners could not find the ball in the air. But obviously not a good result. That's why you go for that. Because so much can go wrong when you're trying to pin somebody to the one-yard line. And then even when you do have them pinned to the one-yard line, they 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 have the ball now. Uh, that, that was definitely an inflection point in the game. Maybe the Bengals don't get it anyway. But... Not a Sterling debut for Brad Robbins, but you're right, it was, it was very difficult elements. And one of the punts that really drags that average down was a low snap that he had to deal with and, and just try to get anything on the ball. So I guess you should praise him for being able to get any kick away. Evan McPherson also one for two. Missed yeah. a 51-yarder. Again, elements, I get it, but uh what if, it right. If, if he makes that,
1: the momentum turns a little, I'm not saying they would, but it's 10 to six, a touchdown puts you ahead. You, you you've scored six straight on back-to-back possessions and he missed it. And then the Browns went down and got the field goal to make it a two possession game again. And it just felt right. Ugh, like uh, it,
0: it at least keeps you in the game and and it doesn't then turn into a two touchdown game. If it's six, 10, one touch, you know, there's a difference there missing a field goal, giving plus field position as well. The Browns take over on the 41. They just get a couple of plays, you know, a couple first downs and boom field goal range. Yep. Um, So certainly not perfect for any phase of this team. The defense, the best unit special teams didn't have a great day. Uh, The offense was dreadful. I feel relatively confident that the offense will figure it out, but it is frustrating that this is what the offense is. And that when Joe Burrow isn't playing Superman football, that they, they don't have the answers. It, it would be nice if they had something in their back pocket. That, and, and, and again, I'm sure they think they do. I'm sure they think they do have the easy plays to get them going and they just couldn't hit them in this game. Or Maybe. they weren't as easy as they thought they were. But obviously needs to get righted. Another tough test next week too. Another division game the defensive coordinator who's had your number in Mike McDonald. Can't can't be 0-2 in the division. No. That's not where you want to be. Got to turn it around quick. That should help. Got to turn it around quick. That's right. Burrow gets another week of practice. Hopefully he is doing all right. There, There were a few shots of him on the sideline having his knee apparently worked on. So hopefully he's healthy as well. That is important. Hopefully the calf is good. Might have just been the calf, right? But uh, we'll see what this week holds. We'll see what the film tells us. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tough week one loss. But we're still here on Lockdown Bengals. So until next time, day, and have a good one.